Welcome, everybody, to another Advancing Consciousness podcast. Today is episode 18, and we're going to look at does money advance us or limit us? There are mixed views and misunderstandings of sort, so we're going to unravel and unpack that so that we can look at it for truly the role of money and how it affects us or advances us. So stay tuned. Okay, so let's play today. Does money actually advance us or limit us? This is a good question because in some views it seems to indicate as long as there is money involved and a motivator that people are motivated to do things that somehow may advance us. We could also look at the other side of things and see that We're also playing with this fact of restricted amount of money or the fact that money's required for anything to be done. And then at the same time, we also see with that a lot of restrictions that take place, a lot of limits of what we do and don't do, what we put our energy in and focus on or not. So there's really both sides of it, but... Which one really is truly empowering? And which one is actually the one that actually is running the whole scenario? And what is really the role of money at this point in time? So let's step back into, first of all, how it even came about. So when we look at the whole idea of money, we now get to see that it is a made-up concept, a made-up idea. It was never our natural design, and it was not to be there to be utilized in a way where it would govern people, restrict people, or in some way create forms of haves and have-nots and limitations. I know a lot of people have said that money is a motivator. Yes. Is it a natural motivator? No. It is an imposed motivator for sure. So let's look at our life. How much of our life is governed around money? The first thing we're going to look at is our own life. So here you are, you're born, you incarnate, you take on a human form, you're a kid, you're a young person. So what happens? Right away, we start to get indoctrined in the idea that money has power, that money is required for survival. And then we're kind of conditioned, programmed to one way or another to accept the concept of money and to actually work towards having that. Because if you don't, then you may be in lack or the fact that in some way or another, you cannot survive. So you see the whole focus right from young, uh, being a young person, that so much energy is into understanding that you need to prepare yourself to earn a living. Now, when you look at the educational system, 
a very small part of it is how to kind of look at the world and understand it. But a lot of it is to prepare us for this world that is run by money. And the education is required for us to be able to have some skill sets to sell so, or to offer so that we would have money. So there's a lot of energy and focus around preparing ourselves for the money game, the money world. So we put a lot of effort in that. Then when it comes to deciding and to kind of direct ourselves to what we would love to do as an offering on the planet or would love to do because it is something that you want to express, money comes into the equation and now you need to look at Am I going to be monetarily supported by doing what I love to do or want to do or I feel guided to do? And a lot of time that comes in to kind of direct us in the way where we take a path or we take on an endeavor of some sort because it's money generated. Now, Money also comes with status. Money comes also with power. So a lot of times certain positions that we take on is not only just for the money, but the status and the power that comes with it. So certain, um, let's say, careers and certain roles that we take on is highly esteemed. It's much more recognized. It is now put on a pedestal of some sort. So a lot of times we make the choice, well, I would like to have that because I don't want to be just mediocre. I want to really stand out. So you make a choice going down that path. Now, of course, as you see, especially now that we're going through a lot of changes with ourselves, that some of these choices that we've made because of money-driven and power-driven and recognition-driven, that it doesn't really match with us. What feels in resonance, what is actually our highest joy, or may not feel the most fulfilling for us. And in fact, then once we've invested amount of, amount of, amount of a large amount of time, effort, and money at this point in time, to get to that level, then it's so much harder to step out of it, especially if we're still giving power to whatever we have selected. So now you see that a lot of our life is governed. Now, of course, if you do not take a certain path and you're kind of feeling resistant and the educational system is not a turn-on, and the fact that certain uh, jobs are not a turn-on or something of that nature, then what happens? You start to, uh, you know, omit certain parts and hope that things will change, and then eventually you'll have to take on any job, and that can turn out to be something that is less valued and, you know, generating less income, which definitely impacts not only how you live, what access you have, but also if you're flourishing or just in survival or non-survival because you don't even get to that level. Then, of course, you can go even further and say, well, if you don't even align that, you end up being homeless or being in, a, in, a, in an environment or a situation that is less than favorable and really confined. 
Now, if you even do take on a particular job or something like that for the money part, then we end up doing something not only that we don't enjoy, but we feel enslaved by it. Because even if you don't want to do it and you want to shift, you, you feel that I cannot change because I don't have something to, to plug in instead of. Now, you may enjoy to do something very powerfully without even putting into the equation that I have to make money. However, because the system, the way it's designed and how we plug this whole thing in, that we need to, to do this to earn a living, which is an interesting concept because when we look at it, what does that actually mean? Earn a living. You have to earn a living. Where does that even come from? The fact that you're taking on a form, you really are fully present here and you have full access to everything. And we create an environment in our natural state, of course, to be able to have everything that you require. Now, we have to understand that the idea of money and the idea of jobs have, have created a multitude of extra jobs, uh, work-related, uh, let's call it make-work projects and so forth. A lot of replications, duplications. We got involved in creating levels and layers and so forth. So that we're creating products and services that really do not serve. Most cases are very archaic and are not even a requirement because we are under the banner idea that we need to have a job so that we can make a living so we can have an earning. So... Then we start looking at how many things do we actually have in our environment, in our world of services, products, and whatever else you want to call it, that is really necessary and is not obsolete a long time ago. Because under the idea that we all have to have a job to earn a living. Now, let's look at it further. Of course, the money creates an environment of the haves and have-nots. So if you don't have it, you suffer. If you don't have it, you're basically restricted. If you don't have it, you may be in complete level of poverty and uh, squalor, if you want to call it that. Then we go to the other side. If you have a lot of money, then you can dominate, you can control, you can dictate. You now feel that you're empowered, impoverished. You're, you basically have uh, uh, control over everybody and anything. In fact, you can do a lot of things with it. So you can see the sides of it, how it plays out. But then when we look at it even, uh, even further, how many things are governed by money? For example, if we have to look at, say, oh, we look at new technology, new advancement, uh, new capability, uh, new direction. Say that we found a better solution for a very old technology, an old way of doing things. What happens for most of the time? Because there's so much money invested, so much investment of energies and so forth that these new technologies are not put into the equation because it would make obsolete a lot of the older technologies 
and the related workers or jobs and, and positions and so forth. So you can see now that money, in fact, actually restricts advancements. Look at the idea of creating an environment where we have resources to really create beautiful environments, to take extra steps in managing the systems of our environment, for example, or the fact that creating an environment where we keep the environment clean, creating a, 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 an environment where everybody has access, where we're not investing and holding on to older, not only older technologies, but services and so forth. So you can see the money actually becomes enslaving. It also becomes limiting to advancements and also dominance and control. Now, a lot of people say, well, you know, the money is required as a motivator or else we wouldn't have services or so forth. Once we distill what we really need and take advantage of all of our creativity, imagination, and associated technologies and ways of doing things, we can then transition so that we eliminate everything that is not conducive, that is not supportive, and really move forward so that we will not be limited to a life of a devotion to earning a living, to be imprisoned by the fact that we have to keep doing something to survive. In fact, a lot of the dirtier, limited technologies will be removed, services that are replicated and so forth, and you know the boundaries that are created, we can easily eliminate. Once we clear all of that out, we will see that many of us, if not all, will feel highly motivated to contribute. Things will be shared, but contribute being their own true skill sets, what they actually enjoy, what they are actually able to offer without measure or comparison or anything of that nature. We will use other resources to create such advancements that there is not a requirement of lots of laborful situations. For example, we can bring in technologies that eliminate the usage of fossil fuels. That's just one example. This will eliminate a lot of the damage that's being done to the planet that is in harnessing the, the fossil fuel, the refining of the process, uh, the process fuel or the fuel, uh, to how it's distributed, how it's actually consumed, and whatever it produces when it's burnt, when it's consumed, when it's utilized. So we are using higher technology, clean technologies, and this supersedes windmills and, and solar panels and so forth. We have way more advanced technologies. 
By introducing that, we're now eliminating a lot of the services that exist and also changing the landscape of our transportation and our heating and cooling systems so that it can be utilized much more and eliminating a lot of the distribution structures that exist like the electrical wirings and whatever else that's scattered all over the planet here to bring things all over the, uh, uh, you know, to spread it wherever it needs to go at this point in time. So our transportation would change, our usage of energy, how we consume the energies, how we produce hot, cold, and any other uh, technology uh, functionality will continue, will, will drastically change. Look at it now. We produce waste, just to give you an idea. So we have a recycling process, but the recycling is so limited because it is not financially viable. That's a good construct to put in and say, well, it's not financially beneficial, so we're not going to refine it. We're, that way, only what we can actually see is viable we will recycle to the degree that we have somebody that will take the recycled and then dispose the rest. If you took the money equation and the viability financially out of the equation completely, then you would not take any shortcuts to recycle anything and everything because anything and everything is recyclable. So we would not be putting much waste at all, if any at all, into what we call landfills or into the environment in other methods. By utilizing that, you would actually use everything back to its natural. Now, if money was not a requirement and not a driver, then a lot of the products that we have that do can you know create waste that need to be recycled would greatly reduce we would not need to build in immediate obsolescence or create something that actually is consumable very quickly so that we have to continue to replace it because then we wouldn't put the mo uh, the, the effects of the fact that we need to have companies continuing to produce products because that's the only way it makes money and it's the only way they can keep workers in place. So if you're going to make a product, you're going to make a product that lasts a long time, can be not only recycled, but can be refilled or updated or something of that nature until it gets to the point where it needs to be recycled. You wouldn't have 50 versions of the same thing. You wouldn't be going into competition and so forth where you know, money is the motivator using uh, what we call low-quality um, resources, uh, raw materials, and maybe even overlooking health issues that can be pre presented by certain things that are used as products or chemistry or anything of that nature. You would look for the finest, cleanest, product that is recyclable, but at the same time, it is bio in a way uh, available to the, the degree it does not create 
any harm, not only to the planet, but not even to the consumers being the humans. We wouldn't be replacing things as often. We will be upgrading certain things. And yes, and if it's time for upgrading, then we would recycle it and of course upgrade it to something more technically advanced. And we wouldn't be putting uh, you know, uh, effort in having things break down very quickly because we need to keep things rolling. That means we have to keep selling and selling and selling. That would be out of the equation completely because it wouldn't be necessary. So, and then using robotics, using certain technologies which would produce where people wouldn't be tied into a job. And then if the things that are requiring humans to be involved would be shared with a lot more people. And that, therefore, um, people wouldn't have to work so long hours per day or weeks. They would be stretched over a, a larger period of, or a larger amount of people that really would love to do that and be involved to some degree or another. Everybody loves to be active. Everybody loves to create and so forth. So that would be part of, part of the equation. Now look at some of the other stuff that's going on. Like we have parts of the world and even in the most developed world where there are homelessness, starvation, deprivation, if you want to call it that, under the banner of money under the banner that, you know, we don't have the resources. Well, that can be completely eliminated once we pull the power out of the money thing. Because then we will work together to create an environment where everybody will have what they require for themselves. Now, everybody's going to contribute and actually get some additional bonuses. So you could see that we would be able to have more freedom, reduce the amount of effort, energy, focus, and time in generating a living because it won't be required. Yes, we can enhance and have a little bit more extra if we choose to, but we wouldn't put any focus on that. The fact of needing to own and control and so forth wouldn't go in there. So many, many industries, the monet monetary thing would be removed completely. All the so-called stock markets, whatever else. And I know this can be shocking to people in one way or another saying, well, you know, this is how it's been. But the thing is, it doesn't serve and it doesn't work any longer. I mean, it was part of an experience, absolutely. And it was a powerful experiment. So once we unplug the whole money system, which again, first of all, the whole concept that we need to earn and have money or even money itself is a construct con uh, made up concept. Money itself is made up. It doesn't come from anywhere. It comes from thin air. It's numbers on a computer, digits on a computer or pieces of paper, little coins and so forth. And that's it. It comes out of nowhere. We have been plugging tons of it. I mean, the interesting part is that somebody is saying, okay, here, we're going to loan you this money that you have to pay us back. But where are they getting it from? Where are they getting it from? They're just making it out of thin air. Basically, like everything is. It's just made up. 
you know, and some people talk about, well, money has to be backed up with resources, with, you know, gold, silver, this, whatever it is. Or something else. That's a concept too. Nothing has any value until we plug in an idea of a value. You think gold has a more value than water, than air, than anything else? Everything serves. Everything is utilized to a certain degree. But to hoard it and say, this is my security. This is my you know, currency. This is my backup resource. Complete made-up concept. So the whole thing, we are transitioning to a point where money will no longer exist. It's going to take some time, a decade or more. Could be up to two decades. However, the transitioning, the importance and so forth from money is shifting. So when we go back to the question, does money advance us or limit us? When you really look at it, it limits us in a huge way. Huge way. Does it advance us? Minuscule in comparison. But does it really advance? Are we not putting so much focus on money that we are creating things that were never of any requirement? In fact, we have to make up stuff, make up services, make up products, make up ideas so that we would have money in circulation. Yes, we turn around and say, well, some people want to earn and some people don't, or, you know, it's not fair. You know, some people are contributing. Well, everybody's going to contribute to some degree or another. Now, you have to look at it this way. There are people that don't want to go to work. Why? Well, because they're at a point, they're looking at their life and saying, I don't want to go into that slave race. Yes, I may be homeless. Yes, I may be starving. But it's still better than every day going in and doing something I cannot stand. Now, in some cases, they have meaning to say, I'm okay doing this for now, but I can't find a job or because I didn't put my attention on how to play the game or education or whatever it is. There are kids, young adults, and even older adults, that are highly educated, that are homeless, that are barely surviving, struggling, or living in poverty. See, you can see the system is not close to even being functional. It was something we adopted. It's something that we took on, something that we wanted to play with, and we did. We had a good opportunity to do so. We went into the depth of it. But now, are we really looking at it and saying, hey, wait a minute here. What's going on? Do we really need to give power to this? Look at how much it's limiting us. How it's enslaving us. How we are not able to go out and play and be free. It's, it's limiting in very, very, very powerful ways. Like I said, a lot of advancements, even in the medical system. Do you think the pharmaceuticals that actually make money under that concept is going to create substances 
that are actually going to support us or that in some way or another let you free and let you be in a healthy state. That the best of technologies are being offered or, or medical advancements are being offered. Really? Are they? Not when money is involved. Because we are conditioned to program that the more money we have, more power we have, the better we can live life. And then I can control whatever I want to control. But we have a better high-powered control that is already existing within ourselves. We just gave our power away to this thing called money. So if money came out of the equation, would we allow our kids and ourselves through our lives to just really find our passion, find what we love to do, to, for us to express and experience ourselves as ourselves with our own skill sets that we love and share? Would we put so much effort in programming and conditioning kids through education, through media, through the work world? Or would you allow them to go through their natural process? That's what we were designed to do. We were never, ever, ever designed to be, uh, you know, take on, you know, a job, survive, and so forth. Because if you look at it, from the time you're born, you're conditioned. Until you get to the point of retirement, for some people, I'm not even saying for everybody, to, for some people get to the retirement and then say, okay, I sacrificed, now it's time to enjoy. Now, depending on your health state and your state of, uh, of how you feel emotionally and otherwise, you may be able to take some advantage or not. Well, did it have to take you 60, 65, 70, or 75 years to get to that point? And then at that point, you may not be in a condition to be able to enjoy it in the first place. But for the majority, it doesn't matter if you're 90, you're still not going to be able to, to uh, enjoy that part because you wouldn't have built your uh, house around the money system or the money, uh, you know, stashed it away, whatever. So... When we really look at it, it's been a great experience to play with this whole money game, to make it real, to actually govern us, to govern every part of us. What we really do with it, how we actually work. Because look at it this way. If you're looking at an advanced society, truly an advanced society, society, the reflection of the society would be by looking at everyone involved in the society, looking at all the people and see how they're in flourishing state rather than survival state. If you're looking at a civilization as Earth, you look at it and say, How's everyone doing? How do you treat one another? How does everybody have what they need? Because there's no resources, even in technology, to have food, to actually even go in our natural state. All of that is available. 
Do we have to create pollution and destruction? No. Do we have to rape Gaia or the planet at this point in time? No. There's what we can do is amazing. What we have access to is amazing. So when we look at the society, you're going to look at overall and see how everybody's flourishing, how everybody's doing. The haves and have-nots are indicating that it's in one way or another we have not advanced enough to say, time to upgrade the game. It's time to shift things. That's all. That's really how it works. So if we go back to it, does money advance us or limit us? If any advancements, most of the advancements is to create more restriction. When we talk about limit, yes, it limits us big time. And we wanted to experience the limiting world for a long period of time, but now, no longer. We're done. We're done with that. So we're starting to come to that realization. First of all, even if we want to play with money for a temporary period of time while we go through the transition, it is limitless. We can create as much as we want. We can plug it in and so forth. We can share it with people, whatever we want to do. But we're going to find that it becomes an obstacle. We're not here to use this whole money concept to, pol to support polarization, having, have-nots, suffering, flourishing, because even the ones that have a lot of money, most people are feeling very uncomfortable with life, are feeling very uncomfortable on how they feel overall because they're seeing the polarity. They're seeing what people call suffering. They're seeing the lack, even though they're not experiencing the lack. Deeper inside of them, there's that burning saying, this does not feel right. doesn't matter how much I have. Because I've seen many, many people that I've worked with over the years that had amassed a great amount of wealth and had a really difficult time with life because it did not provide them joy, superficial happiness for a short period of time. But they didn't feel fulfilled. They didn't feel holistic. They didn't feel free because... If you own a lot of stuff and you're trying to control it and secure it in one way or another, you're enslaved by it. So you can have lots of money and still be enslaved. You can have lots of stuff and then you're hostage by maintaining all that stuff, which requires more money or whatever it is. It's an interesting game. Something to, feed, to, to play with in your own consciousness. To kind of feel it out. This is why I wanted to talk about it, because a lot of people say, well, you know, let's talk about money. How does this all fit in? One thing I want to clarify. In our natural design, money never existed. Exchange, bartering, none of that existed. Because there was nothing to barter, nothing to exchange. We had an environment where we had whatever we needed. And we created an environment where we ha everybody had whatever we needed. There was no lack haves and have-nots, did not exist. Because we're all in the playground. We're all aspects of each other. We're all in the playground, and we, we only benefit the most when we all are free to play together. So for 5,000 years, we went into that game. And that was the original design. 
our natural blueprint, and so forth. That was part of our organic matrix, organic 3D, and beyond. That was there. It wasn't until the modification 10,000 years ago happened, that was 5,000 years later, after the original design, that the inverted matrix got put in, we started to switch into inverted 3D, 2D, and all of this stuff started going in, and then uh, a lot of changes had happened, and this whole needing to exchange, needing to barter, that, and so forth, came into play. And then it created haves and have-nots, accentuated polarities, accentuated separation, accentuated greed, accentuated, um, and, and that's the other thing with money plays a, a role with greed too, and uh, wanting power and whatever else, but accentuated uh, separation from one another, separation from everything. And then all of a sudden, money was a driving force. Exchange was a driving force. Because this whole barter thing, the same thing. It was, it's, it's a concept. It started off with that. Then it was, you know, sharing of different things. Then it became um, different precious metals like coins and whatever else. And then from there, you know, uh, of course, now we're playing in the digital world where everything is just, fictional as much as possible and and there's no no confines because if you really look at it it's it's a very different game so now what we're doing is we're reversing all of that and that's what we're doing we're unplugging all of that look at what's going on in the world right now you know we had gone through this shutdown whatever it is and guess what all of a sudden money's coming out of everywhere now i'm not saying anybody's getting it or anything of that nature but i'm saying the governments and whatever else are Trillions of dollars, plugging it in, plugging it in, plug it in. Are we going to owe it to somebody? Well, that's what they would like you to believe. But how could you own something because somebody would have to have it? And how could they e even have it? How did they become ownership? You cannot own anything. Everything belongs to each and every individual on the planet. But we, even if we stepped out of that, because that was not even the part of the equation, they didn't even own it. They just actually produce it out of thin air, which is everything is made out of just the field of energy, but it's just numbered on a computer, like I said, and you know, little pieces of paper and coins and or plastics or whatever they, they're using in whatever country that you're in. And even that's eliminating, so everything goes digital, but they never had it in the first place. It's not even real. It's coming out of everywhere and we still have to pay it back there and, and with interest and so forth. Like that's, kind of an interesting game so anyways that's my thing about the money to kind of broaden your remembrance because the thing is deep inside you know you know how this works you know that it's a made-up concept that limits us in a big way and it has for a very long time this whole thing about struggle, the whole idea and so forth of haves and have-nots, suffering, not flourishing, survival, all of that stuff, and even fear, whatever it is, it's money. Look at the amount of ideas around wars and what stimulates wars, what stimulates uh, theft, and what stimulates because there is people that have and some people don't have, and even the ones that have very little are, are affected by that. I know it's part of the game and whatever else, but that's the game where unraveling ourselves from so anyways now that you have a deeper understanding you can reflect on it and you can see how it all supports you in that understanding so until next time go out and play enjoy um 
in the description, you will find a link to join our uh, community uh, via email. It also We also have a workshop coming up on December the 5th. Um, so we have a link for that, 5th and the 6th. Uh, uh, seeing beyond your current perception to, uh, to experience a new, uh, basically to live a new reality, your new rea reality. So that's in there on the link too. And then we have other links and other, other uh, parts that we share. So until next time, go out and play, have a blast, and we'll see you next time.